So we are in chapter 14 of Menachim Aleph, and we are towards the tail end of the rule of Yarovam. Of course, we know that Yarovam was evil in that he separated Am Yisrael. In order to, he was at first by Achiah, the Navi, was told that he would be the king uh, in parallel with Rechavam, the son of Shalom Amelech. But instead of being a righteous king for the northern kingdoms, he actually separated the northern kingdoms. He created a new holiday, reinvented Yahadut to his liking so that he could keep people in the north and not have them travel to Jerusalem. And that was the main evil that Yarovam was involved in. Now, uh, we, we then saw that the, um, another Navi, Called, well, who the Chachamim tell us his name was Idoha Jose, went and told Yarovam that his whole, uh, all the Kohanim are going to be burnt and anybody who's following in his way is going to be killed and his family will be laid waste and so on. So uh, in the beginning of chapter 14, this Aviyah, the son of Yarovam, gets sick. So Yarovam told his wife, go to the prophet Achiah, who was the original prophet, who had told me I'm going to become king, and, and hide your identity and try to get, determine what's going to be with our son Aviyah. So she goes in hiding in a, in a, in a, um, in a costume or whatever it is. And Achiyah read, uh, immediately gets an evoah from Hashem saying, by the way, Yarabam's wife is coming. And tell, him, tell her to tell him that things are not going to be good. So, so uh, all of a sudden... Uh, and then the nevuah exactly is go tell Yarov Am. This is what Hashem said. Because you, uh, I, I made you king over Israel, and I s- took the kingdom away from the house of David. But you weren't like David, my servant. Uh, and you did everything bad in the eyes of God, and you did all these other gods, and you you made other gods. Therefore, I'm going to bring evil to your house. And basically your son is going to die, but not only your son is going to die, but all of your descendants are going to be killed as well and wiped out. Okay, so that's where we got up to. When the wife of Yarabam walks in to the room of Achiyah, the, the prophet, and Achiyah starts to tell her the prophecy, that, the negative prophecy that's going to befall the household of Yarabam. So that's in Pasuk Yud. Therefore I'm going to bring evil to the house of Yarabam. I'm going to cut from Yarovam's descendants anyone who, uh, not to be crude, it's like urinates on a wall. It's an expression, seems to mean the males of the household. Who, whatever, not to get graphic, but would potentially be able to you know, urinate on a wall. Um, whether they're, they're captured or whether they're free, all of those people, Yarovam, going to destroy the house of Yarovam, just like the dung, another graphic reference, is completely removed or gotten rid of. The translation is very PC. Okay, what is the translation? Uh, and I shall eliminate every male offspring from Yarovam and all property, whether hidden or public in Israel, and I shall destructively pursue the house of Yarovam. As one completely consumes food until it is waste. Okay, so they're very PC. Because <laughs> galal is probably dung, not food. Uh, let's see where they get that from. I'm trying to see where they figured that one out. Filua kilev. So they say not the mashin bekir, it's not necessarily males. Chachamim bababatra say that it's referring to a dog that typically when it wants to urinate goes against the wall. And that's interesting. 
Anybody who dies in the city from Yaravam's descendants are going to be eaten by dogs. The dead that he has in the fields are going to be uh, eaten by the birds of the heavens. And this is, for this is what God has spoken. Now what's the significance of that part of the nevoah? It means nobody's going to get a burial. People, their corpses are going to be left, meaning they're going to be killed and nobody's going to care about them enough to give them burial or there won't be anybody else alive who knows them and loves them to give them a burial. Okay. Now you, speaking to his wife again, Achia says, uh, when I go back home and whenever you get home, the, the, the kid is going to die immediately. The Israelites will get to mourn him and they'll bury him. He is the only one of Yaravam's descendants. This, um, this Avia kid, right? Uh, what was his name again? It was Avia, right? Avia. Yeah. This Avia, he's the only one of Yaravam's descendants who are actually going to make it to burial. Because he, something good was found in this Avia from all of the house of uh, Yaravam. Not, that, not good enough to keep him alive. But good enough that at least he's going to get a burial. And what's the good thing? The Chachamim say he... Um, where was it? Davartov. Logila katub ma davartov radak. We're not sure exactly what good thing Aviyah did that he deserved a burial out of all of the sons of... Or descendants of Yarov Am. Amrusha bitil pardesaot shoshiva vibi bedrachim no yisav shali alu baregel. Some say that Aviyah, he um, got rid of... Some of the, um, the, like, the gardens that Yaruvam made that were blocking people from going to Jerusalem. So he was like, wasn't as aggressive in separating the north from the south. Let's say that was Aviyah's zechut. Whatever it was, Aviyah had some zechut that kept him, that gave him a burial. Uh, so now Yaruvam's wife leaves. And God will establish a king over Israel that will destroy the house of Yerobam. Now we know how it's going to happen. How is your whole, all your descendants going to be killed? There's going to be another king or maybe another, other kings that are going to completely destroy your family. Umegam Ata, and it's not such a clear phrase what this means, Umegam Ata, but it means something like, and more is yet to come, something like that. Okay? Uh, let's see how in the Radaks, Umegam Ata, Mat Sarazo Gam Ata, Kilomar Nikalahi Sarazo, Kiyoteriavo. It is more yet to come because this one is going to be light compared to what you're going to see yes, in the future. Yes, okay, yes. that's the way they uh, interpret it. Pasuk tetvav. Ve'ika Adonai Yisrael kasher yanut hakane b'mayim ve'natash et Yisrael mi'al ha'adama ha'tova hazot asher natan avotehem ve'zeram mi'ayver la'nahar yan asher asu et asherehem machisim et Adonai. God will strike Israel just like a a uh, a, a stalk gets blown through the water. You know those like um, in the river, you sometimes have the stalks that are planted inside the bank and that and as the river flows, they're very, very, they like wobble. So 
God will strike Israel just like the 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 um, what's this called? The stalks uh, waffle in the water, and God will uh, remove Israel from the land, this good land that He gave to their forefathers, and He's going to spread them out on the on the other side of the river. Because they made their asheraz, their avodazaraz, and they've angered angered God. Okay, so this is in reference to the first galut, which if you know later on in the book, the way the galuyot, the exiles happen is that they start with the northern kingdom. And the northern kingdom is exiled by the Assyrian Empire uh, over a, a century before the southern kingdom gets exiled by the Babylonian kingdom. So uh, that's what this is in reference to. The Chachamim say an interesting thing that even though God is describing us as waving through the water, like a stalk waving in the water, notice that the stalk never gets uprooted, so it's like a little bit of a blessing and the curse that, what, of what's going to happen to Ben Israel. But overall the concept is that Israel, you know, the northern kingdom, is going to get exiled from their land and they're going to be pushed to the other side of the river not very clear what this is a reference to. Some say this is a reference to the Nile River and they will be pushed into Africa. Okay, so that could be uh, an interesting interpretation here. Okay, Pasuk Israel, And God will give Israel to its enemies because of the sins of Yarovam that he sinned and because he caused Israel to sin. And the wife of Yarovam gets up and she goes back to Tirza, apparently where they lived. And as she's coming to the threshold of the house, they buried him and they were able to mourn him uh, and eulogize him, all of Israel, just as God had said to, in the, in the, um, via his servant, and all the other things of Yerobam that he fought wars and that he ruled, these are written in the book of We don't have this book, it's the book that listed the details of the kings. Um, if you notice, nothing we've said about Yerobam had any. Was any reference to his actual rulership, like his Nothing. the way he conducted his kingdom or the battles that he fought against Israel's enemies? Because the point of this book is to focus on the theological elements, the, the elements of of how they conducted themselves in reference to Borei Olam in their service of God, and if they introduced Abu Dazara, which he did terribly. So we don't really care about the the exploits, his military exploits, and things like that. Those you could find in a secular book called Israel, in which all of these details are listed. We don't have that book anymore. The years that Yaravam ruled were 22 years. He died with his, and he, he slept with his forefathers, meaning he died and was joined his forefathers or whatever that means. And his son Nadav took over after him. So even Yarov Am, his son dies, but if you look at it, he has a complete reign. 22 years and he dies a normal death, gets buried with his forefathers. Like something Rabbi Sachs once pointed out, as much as the books in Melachim highlight the evil of the kings, if you're very careful to notice, you don't necessarily see pure consistency between the success of the kings and how they behaved. Because that's the way Borei Olam runs the world is not always clear to us. Interesting. The, the retribution is not necessarily immediate and we don't always understand how it comes. So he had a full reign at the end of the day and we're going to see other very evil kings 
that ruled for a very, very, very long time, which seems to indicate some stability. So it's an interesting thing to point out and to, to notice. Baruch Amen, Amen.